0: Well, hello again, all of my beautiful friends taking time to stop and listen to me talk about all kinds of different topics in a kind and loving way. This is another episode where I'm going to shed some kind truth and some light on a, I don't know if you want to call it a hot topic, but it is definitely an important topic. I'm going to be talking today about, uh, I don't want to say mental disorders because I feel like that's a negative connotation, Um, so I'll say mental challenges because I feel like we all have opportunities to overcome and grow and learn and expand, Um, but yeah, breaking it down, we're going to be talking about OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. We're going to be talking about depression, anxiety, anxiety um, germophobia kind of things that have personally affected me and that affect umpteen countless people out there. We, you know, looking at numbers, you've got so many people that are documented with it, but then so many more people that are not. So I hope you, Enjoy this journey with me as I kind of dive in at first to the generalization of what it means and then give some personal experiences and some light as we talk about this interesting, fascinating, always evolving topic. So what made me think of going into this is honestly because I do suffer from OCD. I have suffered with depression and anxiety for most of my life as well. I am definitely a germaphobic person, um, and people kind of throw the terms around to be funny and silly and, you know, give people a hard time, but in reality, it's not funny. It's not silly. It's a very serious and often detrimental part of humanity, of our brains, of how we work, of things that we can and cannot control, so I did want to discuss it today in... A kind way to help those of us who have it overcome it maybe uh, to help those who don't have it understand how they can impact both positively and negatively those around them and maybe get people to understand it a little more and look upon it a little more kindly and not you know kind of roll your eyes and be like oh you're so OCD as if you know it's just that easy um, so I've said OCD dozens of times what is OCD? So for those of you who may not know, I went on a couple different websites. I went to um, the OCDorg website. I googled a bunch of different things. So I'm not going to quote anyone here. I don't want any type of copywriting or any of those kind of issues. But basically, in short, obsessive-compulsive disorder, also known as OCD, is a mental health. I don't like the word disorder, so I will, skip over that word, but it's classified as a mental health disorder. It affects people of all ages, all walks of life, gender, uh, you know, nationalities, whatever, whoever you are, it can affect you. And it's when a person is caught up in this cycle of obsessions and compulsions. And obsessions are kind of classified as being these like intrusive thoughts, these urges, these unwanted images, things that just intense intensely distress you they're just you know you can't you can't control it as I'm talking about it right now I'm kind of like wringing my hands I'm trying not to because I don't want any background noise um I did mention it in my last podcast, but I don't like to edit these I like to just record it and throw it out there for you guys to digest because I feel like if I edit my podcast that leaves room for me to hide behind things whether it's music or cutting out things I don't like so This is me just throwing it all out there. So as I talk about this topic, it's already, I can tell my anxiety is creeping up on me, but I'm going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. Um, Back to the definitions here. Um, So obsessions, again, are just these unwanted thoughts that are very strong, very intense. They're urges. They're intrusive upon your life. They're very distressing. And then compulsions are the behaviors that people engage in to decrease the amount of distress and anxiety that your obsessions cause. Um, so for example, somebody who might be obsessing over germs. That's, that's one thing for me. You know, You're obsessing over the thought of germs everywhere and you can't control it, so you compulsively scrub the countertops and wash your hands a bunch of times to try to bring yourself down. Because it's just this constant cycle, this ebb and flow, this wave just crashing and throwing you in the washing machine. And you can't escape it. And I mean, I don't want to say you can't escape it because there are ways to help. um, But that's kind of what people deal with, with OCD. Um, You know, your, your compulsions are there to help relieve this anxiety, to get rid of these obsessions. So There's all kinds of different obsessions that you can have. Um, They're classified into different categories. People can obsess over something like religion or they can obsess over a fear of losing someone or of losing themselves, of being violent, of... Having things done a certain way, people say perfectionism and separate it from OCD, but it's actually part of OCD because you can have obsessions of perfectionism. You can want things to be exactly a certain way or things done a certain number of times. Contamination is one that kind of goes over fear, obsession with, you know, body fluids and germs and diseases and environmental contaminants and weather catastrophes, things like that. So the compulsions come in because they they help us, like I said before, come down off of that. So, you know, you might repeat a mantra to yourself, you might pray, you might wash your hands excessively, you might check a door five times, or however many, you know, the number feels right to you. Um, So for those who don't have OCD or have never experienced someone with OCD, it can seem kind of odd. It can seem, you know, you tell somebody, oh my gosh, you're obsessing over Johnny Depp, for example, which I do love Johnny Depp, but that's a whole other topic. Um, So, you know, you're obsessing over Johnny Depp. that form of obsessing is just like loving a lot and it's not causing any kind of physical pain, so to speak. Whereas an OCD obsession actually causes a physical reaction in your body, a chemical change in your brain, that you have to find a release for. Um it's it's I've never done drugs other than, you know, my prescribed allergy asthma type medication. So I don't know to compare it to, you know, that high and coming down and any other hit or whatever. But I imagine it's kind of similar to that as far as um how your brain works and how it gets hooked on, you know, I've got to have, got to have this, this door handle turned a certain amount of times, or got to put these things in alphabetical order, or if somebody messes that up, oh my gosh, that's the end of the world. So it's, to see that as an outsider is definitely strange and definitely odd. And I do think the term gets thrown around a little loosely. Um, and perhaps even, you know, I, I throw it around as a way of, uh, not devaluing, but maybe diminishing how bad I have it, which I'll get into more in a little bit once I'm done kind of glossing over these definitions here, um, but it's 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 a real thing, you know, it's not something to make fun of people for or pick on each other for, so I, I just hope that this podcast will help us all look at OCDs as what it is and not just kind of brush it under the rug or, you know, treat it. Accordingly, for how you can help yourself or how you can help others. I also mentioned that I was going to talk about depression and anxiety. I didn't go into researching definitions for those because I think, honestly, everybody has a good gauge of depression and anxiety at this point. It's been mainstreamed to such an extent that it's, I mean, honestly, in all truthfulness, I feel like everybody in the world has some form of anxiety and possibly even some form of depression. You know, who doesn't have that day when it's just been pouring rain nonstop and you're kind of like, ugh, I'm so tired. Well, you could be somewhat depressed in the sense that you're tired and you're wanting to lay in bed and not really do anything. But as soon as the sun comes back out, you feel better, you feel brighter, you feel lighter. So that's kind of a form of depression in and of itself. Um, Same thing with anxiety. You know, if you're a student ever in your life, which I'm pretty sure we all have been, will be. Um, tests, exams. That I, I haven't met a single person in my 33 years on this planet who has not had anxiety from taking a test of any sort. So that is anxiety right then and there. Sweaty palms, heart racing, ants in your pants, feeling, you know, whatever it is to you, that's anxiety. Um, going into germophobia. Just like all phobias, there's umpteen examples of them and so many ways that people can feel it. Um, but when I went on to, uh, psychoped, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Basically it's a psychology website that different doctors and professors go on and kind of weigh in and look at different types of things. Um, but germophobia was on there and they, Psychologists are explaining that it's a term that they use to describe a pathological fear of germs, bacteria, microbes, contamination, infection. It's called a lot of other things, um, but it's basically overall just, you know, being this undescribable fear of these types of things. And one specific category of this is called mysophobia, mysophobia. M-Y-S-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. And that is a pathological fear of contamination and germs specifically connected to obsessive compulsive disorder because um, William A. Hammond back in 1879 used this term when he was looking at uh, cases of OCD and he was finding his patients excessively and repeatedly washing their hands. So, mysophobia is kind of similar with germophobia. They're kind of hand-in-hand, hand, no pun intended, um, but it's long related to compulsive hand-washing. Um, and I will testify that I have that. I mean, I that's one of my ways, my compulsions of dealing with my anxiety and my obsession is to just wash and wash and wash my hands. Um, so... Now that we've kind of briefly covered definitions of these topics, I want to get a little more personal about it because I feel like this is a way not only for me to relieve some tension and anxiety, but also maybe to help other people who have similar experiences, who don't want to talk about it, or who haven't felt comfortable talking about it. So if you I can help one of you out there be more comfortable talking about it to friends, family, doctors, whoever, um, or even just coming to terms with it yourself. Then I have reached my goal for today's podcast. So, um, a little bit of background: I, as I said in my welcome and intro podcasts, I, I grew up as you know, quote unquote, the sick kid. I was allergic to everything, and I was in hospitals a lot and on all kinds of medications and inhalers, and so I started to. I don't want to say fear, but I had a little bit of a fear of um, germs, maybe, of pathogens, of things out in the environment. You know, what's going to make me sick? What's, what's going to be my problem today? What, what am I going to feel like today? Um, it wasn't as extensive as it is today by any means, but it was kind of there. It was kind of a lingering feeling. And then I do recall having several instances throughout my life where back then I didn't know about OCD. I didn't know what it was. It wasn't something that we talked about, you know, at your physicals with your doctors or whatever, but I always had to chew equally on both sides of my mouth. So if I bit into, say, a, I don't know, a burger, um, I would have to chew, you know, five times on the left side, five times on the right side before I could swallow that piece of burger. Um, I would do that with pretty much everything if I really paid attention to it. And if I really paid attention to it, it would bother me so badly. Like, I would just sit there and keep chewing and chewing and chewing until it turned into mush because I was trying to equal out both sides. Um, Locking doors, I am still coping with that one. The chewing, thank goodness, has kind of ebbed and is not a thing. But the door locking, door handles, I lock a door to leave the house or lock my car or anything that has to involve securing something. Has to be done at least three times. At least. Check it, check it again, shake it, throw your body into it, make sure that door is not accidentally going to unlock itself. Uh, Car, I have to audibly hear that beep beep whatever kind of locking mechanism is on the car, at least three times while walking away into a building or wherever I'm going. So that was always something that once I got probably into adolescence, I really noticed that occurring a lot. And I apologize if you hear random, like, cracking. And I'm, again, trying not to wring my hands too badly while we're talking. It's just part of the anxiety of going over this stuff and kind of reliving it, um, as it is an everyday part of my life. But it picked up in adolescence for sure. Also, throughout my early childhood and adolescence especially, I did have a lot of depression problems, anxiety problems. I was put on medications for it. Um, I had a couple unsuccessful attempts at suicide, which is something I really haven't mentioned to anybody. So, uh, hey guys, for listening, you are kind of being let in on some deep, dark Cobwebby secrets of mine that I haven't talked about openly with anybody, um, except for maybe my sister or a few very close friends or family back in the day. Um, but yeah, I was unsuccessful. Thank God for not being successful. And I think I wasn't really intent on it. Um, I know there is the whole thing around, you know, you're you're trying to get attention. You're trying, and it wasn't to get attention. I think it was maybe to just have a conversation, to, <coughs> excuse me, bring up some feelings that I was having that I didn't know how to express, and I I was in deep depression, I had a lot of anxiety, I wanted to get out of it, and so I was trying to find a way to get out of it, to talk about it, <coughs> so sorry for that, <clears throat> allergy season is in full effect, y'all. So anyways, um, yeah, so I went through that, and I was able to get out of the depression and anxiety, well, not really the anxiety, but the depression side of it, just from being more open and talking to people about my feelings and realizing when I was starting to have those bad days that, hey, bottling it up only makes it worse. I need to talk about it. I need to let it out. So I did that, and that helped a lot. Um, I still had issues with, you know, door handles and locking things, and started to also develop a little bit of my germophobia, um, started to not like to touch things. Now, mind you, as a child, I was called the garbage disposal in school because I would eat whatever, so my friends who didn't want to finish their food would give it to me and I would eat their food. So... From looking at how I was to how I am, it's like two completely different people. I mean, I would take down, you know, everybody's food, drink after people, whatever, didn't care, didn't phase me, go play outside, do whatever, not think about it, not wash my hands. Now I can barely even drink after my child without having to fully analyze it in my brain, risk to reward Ratio in my head. I mean, it's insane what goes on in my brain just for something as simple as, Mommy, do you want to try this? And I have to like stare at it for five seconds and process, is it really worth the germs that I'm about to take in? Now, if she can give me a hug and a kiss, doesn't bother me. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a food backwash thing. I really don't know, but I'm putting it out there because I would love some comments on this. If anybody has had anything similar to what I'm talking about, let's open up a dialogue, let's open up a conversation. Um, I'm I'm game for, you know, if people have experiences and have ways of overcoming them. I am totally all about us helping each other. So let's make it happen. Um, when I got pregnant, that kind of really set a fire off on the whole germophobic side of my OCD as far as... I was afraid, you know, stuff was gonna hurt the baby, and I, being a first-time mom, I didn't want to do anything wrong, I didn't want to screw anything up, I wanted to make sure everybody was safe and healthy and be the best mommy I could be, and that's awesome and fantastic, and I wouldn't change a moment of that for anything on this world or universe, but it kind of set off a fuse to a very large bomb. And that bomb went off after my daughter was born, and we had to put her in daycare because of our work situation at the time, and I was constantly bringing her home with a cold or a fever or RSV, which is basically a really nasty cold that babies can get, and it goes into their lungs, which she was hospitalized for, hand, foot, mouth, um, I mean, you name it, and... We had, I switched daycares because I thought that was the problem. I mean, we had her, you know, $1,000 a month daycare with cameras and stainless steel everything and she was still getting sick and then she would get it and I would get it and I was bringing her home, practically holding her at an arm's length, stripping her down, throwing the clothes in the wash, bathing her right away. I would get off of work and immediately strip down, shower, put on clean clothes because I'm like, maybe I'm giving it to her from people I work with. I had no idea. It was just this constant revolving sick fest. Hated it. And that was what set off that bomb in my head because I went from being, you know, the overprotective first time mommy of boiling pacifiers and making sure everything's really clean and washed in the baby safe detergent to don't touch me. Don't touch her. Don't even look at us. If I hear you sniffle, you can get as far away from me as possible. If you clear your throat, that means you're sick. You got to get out of here. Like, it it just went off, guys, to a whole nother world. And, I mean, it kind of has not gotten much better. As she has gotten older, things have toned down on my fears for her because I don't want her to feel this. I don't want her to encompass this just ongoing drudge that I have. But I still, when she goes to the park, you know, I want her to be a kid and play and have fun with other kids. But I sit there and analyze. And if I see a kid with a runny nose, no siree Bob, she is not playing with that kid. If I hear somebody coughing or sneezing and their parents, you know, maybe they have allergies because I have allergies and asthma. So I cough and sneeze a lot. But my brain just assumes that they're sick and we out of there. Bye bye. Have a nice day. So I try to hide it from her as much as I can. But really, that that has set off the euphoria of this crazed, germophobic, mycophobic, what was it? Yeah. Mysophobia. Mysophobia. Sorry. Obsessive, compulsive craziness that I feel on an everyday basis. Um, it's, it's, it's real, guys. I mean, if you're out there and you have a friend, family, loved one, or just even know of somebody who has an aversion to giving people hugs or shaking hands. Goodness gracious, help me. Do not ever shake my hand. I will gladly be called Howie Mandel. Bless him for his do not touch me book. Don't touch me book. He's, yeah. Side note, going off on a tangent, not going to do that. But yes, fist bump. That's about as close as I want to get to you unless I really know you. And then oddly, I will hug you, but I will not shake your hand handshaking to me is just that, like, oh, you might have picked your butt or your nose or somebody else's butt or somebody else's nose, and now you're going to shake my hands. Because who has not? I dare somebody to tell me they have not ever been in a restroom, whether it's a man or a woman, or however you want to specify yourself, and watch somebody leave the stall and go right out the door without washing their hands. It is freaking Disgusting. I don't care if you are not OCD, not germophobic, not whatever. It's disgusting. You use a bathroom in a public facility, you need to wash your hands. It's common sense. You're taught this as a child. Come on now. Think about all the other things you're going to touch after you just wiped your bum or whatever you're doing in there, and now you're going to go touch everything. So, if you know, for those of you who don't have any of these issues that I'm talking about today, Listen to me ranting right now. I'm trying very hardly to control it as best as I can, but this is what goes on inside the brain of somebody who thinks about this stuff 24/7. So for you to possibly, you know, egg them on a little or pick on them for it, that's not helping the situation. That's not making things better. You might think it's funny and I'm just, you know, I love you, but I'm going to pretend to touch you after taking out the trash. Ha, ha, ha. Trash hands. No. That causes a physical pain of which is not describable unless you suffer from OCD, germophobia, mysophobia, any of these things. I mean, anxiety on any level. So we all need to just... Bottom line, be kind to one another and and understand that this is something that we all have to work through together. So I just want to kind of put this out there before I continue and just ask everybody that's listening to stop and think in your life if there's anybody that you know that even if they haven't come out and talked about it, maybe you've noticed they don't like doing certain things or maybe they do certain things in a way that seems kind of odd to you. And maybe have a conversation like, hey, why do you do that? Or what does it feel like when you do that? Um, Because that'll really start a good dialogue where you can reach an understanding together. So I'm going to go back to my originally (laughs) scheduled podcast um, and just kind of give you a little more insight. So personally, I do have people in my life that think it's funny to... I don't want to say pick on, but instigate would be perhaps the better word here to instigate my issues. Um, a coworker of mine, she will, you know, see me walking in the hallway and she'll hold her hand down and be like, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch you. And I might like smirk at first, but on the inside, I'm dying on so many levels of like stomach pain and just my body tenses. I mean, Picture trying to lift 150 pounds, or if you can already lift that 500 pounds, like picture trying to like lift this weight, and how st- just how much stress is going on your body, your joints, your muscles. That is what it feels like in that instant where somebody comes too close to me, and I think they're gonna touch me, or they're joking about touching me, or even you know some people when they're talking to you, they just naturally put a hand out on your shoulder or whatever. Don't mm-mm, nope, because then I'm gonna stare at that spot till I can get home and take off my shirt and shower because now I'm paranoid that whatever's on, your hand is on my sleeve and is going to get on me and is going to get on my family and it's going to make us all sick. So, um, yeah, it's not not funny to instigate people or to make light of a situation. If you know for a fact that somebody is struggling and working to overcome these issues, work with them, help them, try to make life a little bit easier... Because poking and prodding and thinking it's funny is the complete opposite and is very detrimental to that person and to that relationship, honestly, because it it starts to harbor some resentment. Um, my husband, who was on the podcast with me last week, kind of giving his two cents on veganism, he doesn't get a lot of my issues and concerns and says I'm overthinking it. You know, why do you have to wash your hands three times like you're scrubbing for surgery? You literally didn't touch anything i don't understand and we've had conversations about it i'm working on kind of coming to this common ground between him and i but it's it's hard it's you know he sometimes likes to think it's funny to chase me with what he calls trash hands and that's not funny it hurts physically mentally emotionally so we're working on that so spouses friends family i urge you to also work on that um For those of us who are struggling with OCD, one thing that has helped me personally is talking about it like I'm doing right now. Um, Yoga, breathing exercises, trying to find other ways besides your compulsions, besides washing your hands and scrubbing and putting things in order and counting one, two, three, one, two, three. Look for other ways. Take a deep breath, close your eyes, smile inward and outward, find ways to heal we have to help ourselves heal because everybody wants to call this a disorder and yes, technically, biologically it is a disorder, but it's just such a negative connotation on it. We need to be more kind and look at it as an opportunity to grow and learn and help one another to overcome um, these obsessions and compulsions and phobias and depressions and anxieties because they're all kind of intertwined for many, many, many people. Um, So it's one thing that I I won't go on much further because I don't know if I can honestly physically handle talking about it any further. But I do want to, you know, put it out there for you guys. I hope that somebody out there somewhere listening feels a little better knowing that you're not the only one. You understand. I understand. We get it. Hopefully we have friends and family that will understand and get it. And we can be there to support one another. Um, on the next episode, I might... Have my daughter and husband on with me to talk about it. We'll see how that goes. I have some other things lined up for us to talk about, um, but I do release every 13 days. Again, unedited, unscripted, just kind of I have some bullet points here and I go with the flow, see what happens. So I appreciate you guys taking your time to listen to me, kind of go over this, share some of my experiences. Um, side note, one last thing to leave you with Um just love each other, guys. Be kind. There's so much going on in our world today, and I I can't thank you enough for those of you listening. Spread the message out there. I would be more than happy to have comments and feedback. Um, and yeah, I will catch you guys on the next podcast. Between now and then, remember to always, 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 always be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And be kind to the world because the world needs our love more than ever. Thank you guys so much. I love you all. Have a beautiful, wonderful, kind day. Let's all take a deep breath. Until next time.